0: Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is June 8th. Today we're going to continue in this week's Come Follow Me block, and we're going to take a look at some verses in John chapter 16. And we're going to see the comfort that the Savior gives us in his atonement, especially when we are going through tough times and in time of loss. So let's jump into this. It's interesting, earlier in the New Testament, it says of the Savior that he spoke not unto his disciples, except it were imperable. Here, we're going to see something a little bit different. In verse 25, it says, These things I have spoken unto you in Proverbs. So here, the Savior is going to begin speaking in Proverbs. And it's a little confusing for the disciples. And it's understandable. In verse 16, the Lord says, A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me. Okay, yeah, that's a little bit confusing. It says that the disciples started to talk among themselves and say, Well, what does this mean? What does he mean by this? And in verse 19, it says, Now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him, and said unto them, Do ye inquire among yourselves? Of that I said, a little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me. So he understands that this is their question. He understands that this is what they want to know. And then he says something really beautiful. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful but your sorrow shall be turned into joy. So here the Savior is talking about his death and about his resurrection. He says, in a little while, you won't get to see me anymore, but wait just a little bit and then you'll get the opportunity to see me again. He's teaching the disciples about his death and about his resurrection. He's saying you might feel sorrowful because of it. It might be really sad, really upsetting for you, but it's joyful for the world because of what I unlock for everyone else. I love these verses when we think about the loss that we experience in this life. It can be so easy to slip into the mind frame of the here and now and forget that God has a plan for the eternities. It is so hard to be away even briefly with the people that we love so much. But I'm so grateful that the sting of death is indeed swallowed up in Christ and his resurrection. In fact, I remember several years ago, I think I was 19 or 20, a dear friend of mine lost her husband, and it was sudden, and I was just devastated by it. I was so, so sad, and I was really struggling the next day. And so I had an assignment to go help clean the church, and so I was cleaning the chapel and cleaning around. And on a bulletin board in our church, I saw this scripture from this chapter. John 16, verse 22 says, "'And ye now therefore have sorrow.'" But I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. My friends, isn't that the great promise of the atonement of Jesus Christ? Isn't that the great promise of the resurrection? When the disciples of Jesus Christ sorrowed and lamented because they lost the Savior, that sorrow was valid, and that sorrow was understandable. But Christ is trying to teach them here that all sorrow is swallowed up in him, because of his resurrection and because of that gospel plan. President Nelson said that the only way to take sting out of death is to take love out of life. Parting with our loved ones, death will always be painful. But despite the difficulty, despite the pain that comes from it, we can take comfort and peace in knowing that God has prepared a way for that parting, for that distance to be only temporary. And that's exactly what the Savior is teaching here, that for a little while, the disciples wouldn't see him. But in the long run, they can rejoice. They can have joy that no man can take from them because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And my friends, that is the great promise made to each and every one of us as well. Several years ago in 2007, President Monson gave a talk called, I Know That My Redeemer Lives. And I remember listening to this talk, thinking that it was one of the most comforting talks on death that I had ever heard. I absolutely love it. And so I'm going to play a portion of that talk for you now. Listen to what he says.
1: My brothers and sisters, we laugh, we cry, we work, we play, we love, we live, and then we die. Death is our universal heritage. All must pass its portals. Death claims the aged, the weary, and worn. It visits the youth in the bloom of hope and the glory of expectation. Nor are little children kept beyond its grasp. In the words of the Apostle Paul, it is appointed unto man once to die, and dead we would remain. But for one man and his mission, even Jesus of Nazareth, born in a stable, cradled in a manger, his birth fulfilled the inspired pronouncements of many prophets. He was taught from on high. He provided the life, the light, and the way. Multitudes followed him. Children adored him. The haughty rejected him. He spoke in parables. He taught by example. He lived a perfect life. Though the King of Kings and Lord of Lords had come, he was accorded by some the greeting given to an enemy, a traitor. There followed a mockery, which some called a trial. Cries of, crucify him, crucify him, fill the air. Then commenced the climb to Calvary's hill. He was ridiculed, reviled, mocked, jeered, and nailed to a cross amidst shouts of, let Christ the King of Israel descend now from the cross that we may see and believe. He saved others. Himself he cannot save. His response, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. His body was placed by loving hands in a sepulcher hewn of stone. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James, along with others, came to the sepulcher. To their astonishment, the body of their Lord was gone. Luke records that two men in shining garments stood by them and said, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Next week, the Christian world will celebrate the most significant event in recorded history, the simple pronouncement, He is not here, but is risen was the first confirmation of the literal resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The empty tomb that first Easter morning brought comforting assurance and affirmative answer to Job's question, If a man dies, shall he live again? To all who have lost loved ones, we would turn Job's question to an answer, If a man die, he shall live again. We know, for we have the light of revealed truth. I am the resurrection, and the life spoke the Master. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Though tears, and through tears and trials, through fears and sorrows, through the heartache and loneliness of losing loved ones, there is assurance that life is everlasting. Our Lord and Savior is the living witness that such is so. With all my heart and the fervency of my soul, I live up my voice and lift it up in testimony as a special witness and declare that God does live. Jesus is His Son, the only begotten of the Father in the flesh. He is our Redeemer. He is our mediator with the Father. He it was who died on the cross to atone for our sins. He became the first fruits of the resurrection. Because he died, all shall live again. Oh, sweet the joy this sentence gives. I know that my Redeemer lives. May the whole world know it and live by that knowledge. I humbly pray.
0: My friends, it is because of the life, the atonement, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ that we can find comfort even amid loss, that we can find peace even amid sorrow. We can find hope even in times of despair. It is because of Jesus Christ that grief can be turned into everlasting joy.